You're now tuning into the Barely Hibernating Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, featuring Bear Report's own Usaid Kosho and fan-sided Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. Here are your hosts. So Sam Stevenson's officially back, man. He's been gone for like two or three weeks, all right? He's doing real well, all right? Me and him have like similar headphones. I just got these beats, guys. So beats, more bears talk, a lot of bees on here. Another bees, AJ decide. But what's going on, man? Welcome into the Barely Hibernating Podcast. My name's Usaid Kosho. You know me as your host. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Usaid Kosho. I just created a TikTok too, by the way. So you can follow me on there at Usaid Kosho. More football content coming your way. You guys know Sam and AJ. You can follow them on Twitter at SJSteve9 and at AJDesai4. I'll start with Sam first because he's been gone for like a month. Though. What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm about to go drop a, drop a follow on your TikTok page is what I'm about to do. <laughs> I'm good, man. I, I missed being on the show. I've been, uh, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm currently still in college, finishing on my second semester as a junior. I also play college lacrosse, so uh, schedule the spring has been pretty crazy, but uh, this week I, um, I'm starting to have some more free time, some more availability, so I was like, I texted the boys last night and said, fellas, we're back. Yeah, I'm excited you're back, dude, and AJ, I, AJ's drinking, like, what is that, ginger tea? Ginger tea, man, some good stuff, some good stuff, man. I'm... Doing well. Obviously, I was doing with tons of shit over the weekend, but all that shit has passed. You know, only better days ahead. Uh, but let's Hell get yeah. right into it, guys. Oh yeah. Obviously, yesterday, my man's and your man's. You know, Sean Desai named the new defensive coordinator about three weeks ago. All right. Yesterday, I did not have to teach, so I was off the entire day. You know, it was awesome getting in, getting a chance to watch the full press conference, but. You know, Sam, I'll go ahead and start with you on this one. Dude, give us your general reactions, your thoughts to just Sean Desai's presser. It was a like a breath of fresh air. Like, it, it felt so – I don't know what it is, and maybe it was just because the end of the year presser was, was an absolute uh, train wreck that listening to Sean Desai speak and just listening to him, like, talk with so much confidence and so much poise, but also, like – just kind of like general like confidence in himself. Like it just felt so good. Like for kind of a while, like there's been so much like toxicity with bears fans, like what's going to happen, who is going to be our quarterback, what's going to happen this coming season, like et cetera, et cetera. That like to listen to the new defensive coordinator come out and have such a solid first press conference just felt good. Felt great to be a bears fan yesterday and just know that we have a guy, a candidate there who can really do some stuff with the weapons that we have on defense. It felt it's all amazing, guys. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm excited. Obviously, I have a, like a little faint relationship with Sean Desai. He's going to be my step-uncle. But, you know, I'm excited. Obviously, the beard and stuff lines up and stuff. But, like, you know, uh, I'm re- I'm excited, you know. Obviously, given, given like, you know, like all this Robert Sala, him getting coaching jobs. But, like, aside, aside from all of that, more focused in the Bears prospect um, aspect of things, obviously – uh, just like Sam said, you know, it's 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 refreshing. Um, we moved on from the old fart Pagano, and he's an old fart in my book. I mean, he's just not – I mean, I don't even know why the Bears went that direction. The person was out in football for a couple of years. But, um, but you know, you bring in someone that was mentored by Sean Des- – uh, not Sean Desai, um, Vic Fangio, and – has a lot of good things about a lot of good things to say about Vic Fangio, and I'm excited. You know, let's see what he can do. Um, I think he's going to be a lot more aggressive uh, than what Chuck Pagano was, so we're going to be seeing a lot of blitzes. Um, obviously, he expects um, Eddie Goldman to be back um, beginning of the season, this upcoming season. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he does. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see just what Desai does, right? Because I think ultimately when you look at the state of the just the way the coaching hires are going in the NFL, you realize, okay, so you have, you know, Brandon Staley who just got hired. The Packers just hired a supposedly a young and up and coming mind, right? The point is is teams are going towards hiring younger coaches nowadays, anyways, because they realize that these young guys, they understand, you know, the aspects of just the way that the games evolving right in front of their eyes because this is a league 
first now where you got to go ahead and you got to stop the pass first, right? This is not the NFL of 10 to 15 to even two decades ago where you could just have a defense that was predicated on stopping the run and that would also some way somehow shut the passing game down, right? So the point is, is Desai's a really good hire. I think that just in terms of his background, because this is a guy with like multiple degrees, right? Um, Has a master's, I think, in, in what is it or PhD in education, whatever it is, right? He's got like a master's or PhDs, you know, so real smart guy, Um, obviously understands that what he's doing isn't just about football. Like it's all about like coaching to the highest profession. He mentioned that in the press conference yesterday. So I'm super excited to just see what he does because it's a guy who I think is really already setting a high standard for the bears defense going forward. Yeah, and I think um, someone tweeted it out. I'm not sure who it was, but um, they basically said how Desai – Desai, I'm going to keep butchering his last name. If I am, let me know, AJ, if I'm butchering your last name there. But um, but I, someone said that apparently he would chew out Vangio's ear with questions all the time while Vangio's in Chicago. And and something that uh, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic tweeted out that I really liked, and I actually think it's, it's a good point to mention, is um, – New Bears defensive coordinator refers to his task ahead with the defense as a tune-up. Uh, we've got a good defense. We've got good players. There's some regression. We're going to overcome that. He's got a big, big responsibility on his plate. This is a defense that, you know, in 2018 was arguably one of the best in the league and helps carry a team to a 12-4 record and since then has seen some regression. And some of these guys on this team are going to start regressing more just strictly because of age. There's some questions on the defensive side of the ball as well. They're going to have to figure out. So, for this new defensive coordinator for Desai, like this is going to be a kind of a daunting task. You know, obviously, again, this press conference went great, and I'm glad he had so much confidence in answering these questions. And, and he had straight up admitted, like, there was regressions this year, and and that was very clear to see. And I think a lot of that did fall on former defense coordinator Chuck Pagano. So he's got a big thing on his plate. But if he can get this defense to any former shell of that 2018 defense, this is a Bears team that's looking at a much more positive outlook for next season. Yeah, and I think, you know, considering just what Brandon Staley did just in one year with the L.A. Rams, because can we be honest about something, right? It's just like the Rams were balling out in 2017 and 2018. 2019, they kind of fell off, and it was fall off not just because of the quarterback position, because, again, everyone loves to blame the quarterback when things are going wrong. But um, ultimately, I think when you look at it, part of the reason for the Rams' regression in 2019 was because the defense just was not as dominant, right? And then you insert and bring in a guy like Brandon Staley, I mean, he totally turns it around and makes it into the one of the best units in the NFL. And I know Staley was an outside linebackers coach with Fangio and, you know, Ed Donatel here in Chicago, then was in Denver before he fully took over in LA. But I think just Desai having a link to Staley as well, right, is something that no one's even mentioning. And then we talk about like expectations, like the guy's facing massive expectations. But I think that, you know, if you're not a Bears fan, right, you may not know the name Sean Desai, but this could ultimately end up being like the smartest under the radar coaching hire of any team this offseason. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, AJ, I don't know if you wanted to add to that before I kept going. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was just looking up, uh, you know, I was looking down on my phone. And, um, yeah, you know, he got that degree from Columbia University. Really smart guy. And I'm just excited to see, like, obviously what I just said before, um, yeah. what he's going to be able to do. Um, started his career in Chicago as a QC coach, um, QC assistant, safeties coach, and defensive coordinator. So, obviously, the path of getting to defensive coordinator was like the normal one. Obviously, you know, there's questions of like, you know, maybe can he continue big Fangio's like uh, coaching um, abilities and all of that. I think he can. I mean, if this person was here ever since Mark Trestman's first year, I think it was, uh, yeah, first year, um, Mark Trestman sat bottom on. So it was really interesting then. And now it's even more interesting because he's the defensive coordinator, but like, you know, I'm just excited. I just can't wait to see what he can do. Um, but in terms of what you guys are saying, I, I think, you know, like it's more of a wait and watch type of thing than like just, I don't know, building castles in the air type of thing. Like, I don't know. Well, I think it's just, I think it's just a positive and a negative. Like I just, I think again, I kind of go back to my first point. I'll reiterate, like, the end of the Bears season was not good and yeah. the 
end of season press conference was not good. And since then there's been rumors and speculation and all this stuff that's been going on, like what moves are the bears making and stuff. So just like to have this press conference with a guy and, and, you know, obviously who knows how good of a defensive coordinator is going to be, but someone who is regarded very highly in the organization, somebody who was regarded highly from Vic Fangio himself, which, you know, he is clearly one of the better defensive coordinators in this era of NFL football just having him come out and just speak so confidently about the team and his hopes for the team and his hopes for the defense thinks he's going to change, you know, that just, I think that's something that like bears fans can at least look at and be like, at least we now have somebody who can bring us back to hopefully where we're in the past. And again, I think you said it perfectly though. Like it's kind of a wait and see thing, toss it up. Who knows what's going to happen again. There's a lot of things that could happen in the off season in terms of the roster and who's going to be there. But Regardless, I have a lot of confidence in this hire, and and I really was impressed with his press conference. Yeah, and you know, one of the big things that he kind of mentioned towards the end of his press conference was just, hey, listen, because someone asked him, they're like, why do you think the Fangio defense is so popular? And he's like, look, it's because we're productive. It's because we have answers, right? Just had a complete just list of awesome reasons as to why the Vic Fangio defense is like being copied around the league. And I think the big thing to keep in mind, right, is that this Fangio defense, like it is one that in the past when Fangio has been in Denver sometime at some point over the last two seasons, like it has gone ahead. It has slowed down the chiefs, right? Who, again, I know they lost the super bowl a couple of weeks ago, but they are the standard for what an NFL offense should be. Right. And then prior to, slowing the Chiefs down, right? It slowed down the freaking Rams as well. I mean, the Patriots and the Rams, when they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, right? Literally, the Patriots copied out of the, you know, of Vic Fangio's, like, game plan in order to slow Todd Gurley and the Rams down in 2018. So when we look at this defense, right, we have to realize that, yeah, it's being called by a first-year guy, but the entire league is catching on. And what the Bears are getting in Desai is just one of the guys that saw this defense built firsthand. Because it's like AJ mentioned, I mean, Desai got here in 2013 under Mark Trustman. All right. And by the way, this is the only positive thing left from the Mark Trustman era is Sean Desai, right? Um, everything else is just completely gone out the window. But the point is this guy has seen the defense be built up from 2015 when Vic Fangio got here all the way till now. So it's taken, you know, six, seven years for him to get to where he's at, but it's been a pretty intriguing rise to see. And I think that just going forward, you know, his preparation, the way he approaches everything, right? I think right now he already has the players buy in. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think those, I think if you're a guy on this defensive roster, I think you're extremely excited to play for him. Um, I mean, again, I, I know obviously, again, this is a lot of speculation and like who knows what's going to happen and whatever. But again, I, I think just in terms of that, in terms of the internal affairs, I'd be pretty pumped up if I was playing defense for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, me too. Like, you know, like, you know, obviously, you know, Eddie Jackson's coach has been um, promoted to defensive coordinator. So, I mean, I don't know what the situation with Tashawn T- Gibson is. I think he's probably going to go get his bag in free agency. He played really well in Chicago. So, I think if anyone's going to offer him more than what we're going to offer him, he's gone. So, um, in terms of that, obviously, like, I think Sean's going to need a safety, a good safety that can line up against uh, with um, Eddie Jackson. I don't think that's going to be Deion Bush or anyone like that. I don't, I don't know who else we have back there, but – um yeah so we have that but then you know it's it, it's just like to me like all the talent like I, I think the bears obviously you know it, it they just have to resign to sean gibson to keep the safety tandem intact um all right anyway sorry um yeah uh lost me used to just oh my god anyways um yeah, so like, uh, I just lost my thought, but anyways, but like, uh, you're gonna have to edit this. But uh, going going back to going back to the whole safety tandem, it's just uh, like keep it keep it consistent. I don't want Sean to go into his first year with just Eddie Jackson and a rookie or a person that's just gonna be a filler because the Bears ever since 2016 have just rotated safeties. It's haha, I mean control Quentin Dems was here. Now we have Sean Gibson. I mean, you know, maybe maybe it, it wasn't a bad idea to retain Adrian Amos. I mean the guy's bowling in Green Bay, so I mean like that as a name, you know, he didn't have a good career in Chicago, but uh, you know he would have been nice you know? I mean 
Yeah, I'll be honest. You know, I think just like the um, the <laughs> the uh, safety the safety issues right are a problem for me because like everyone's like, oh well, Dion Bush this, Dion Bush that, but like I'm at the point where I don't want Dion Bush back because ultimately, okay, what is going on in the background? There we go. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. I have candy. This is. What candy is that? Now that you brought it up. Uh, it's trolleys mashed up hearts. Bro, bro, so you. <laughs> I'm over here, dude. Freaking thinking it's AJ's mic or some dumb shit. I thought it was two. I didn't think I was being that loud, and then I was like, and "Your then mic I was on, dude." I was in mid back shake, and then you said, "Just goes okay." What is that noise? I go, "Oh shit, it's me." All right. Anyways, we're not editing. Um, I'm not editing that out for nope, those of you guys that are. Yeah, it's for those of you that are listening to this whole thing on Apple Pods or Spotify or Google Pods, we are we are wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I'm not editing that out because we're just going to be you know totally unfiltered on here. But getting back to it, I think you know with Dion Bush, what tends to happen is this, right? Is a lot of people are like, "Oh well." Dion Bush, you know, is a guy that should start. And I get Sean has had experience coaching Dion Bush, but I don't want Dion Bush back here in Chicago next year because the reality of the situation is I think that if he was ready to take over as a starter next to Eddie Jackson, he would have done so like last year and the Bears would not have needed to Sean Gibson. So I think if you take a safety, you got to draft someone like late day three, just because again, I've been saying this, you need to fill that position for the next four years, right? Rather than going through this like one year stopgap of, Hey, you start for a year, then you start for a year, then you start for a year. And safety is a relatively inexpensive position to fill, especially if you go ahead and you are willing to wait till the second or third wave of free agency. But yeah, give me someone like, um, you know, a rookie like Richard Lacunte from Georgia. I mean, I think the thing is, too, is that uh, I think if, if Eddie Jackson's able to play back to the spots where he's more comfortable with in that Vangio defense, I mean, you could throw out a, a scrub from the fans out there with him. As long, I mean, the thing is, is that Eddie Jackson plays his best football when he's in the positions where he can make plays. And I think the thing is, is these past two years in the Pagano defense, he's had to do things he's not comfortable with. And we saw it in 2020. He did not play like he's been able to play these past couple of years. And what his contract is paying him right now. So... You know, I think Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun, I think Deion Bush, Tayshaun Gibson, like, I think they're both were just kind of like placeholders. If we bring Gibson back, great. I liked him. I think he played good football. If we draft somebody, great too. Just bring in somebody who can mesh well with Eddie Jackson's strengths and allow him to do what he does best, which is play, make attacks on the ball, come downfield. You know, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see the Eddie Jackson of old. So whoever we bring in at safety, whoever, whoever they bring in, whatever way or method, as long as it allows Eddie Jackson to play the position he feels comfortable with, I, I could care less. Yeah, and obviously, if you're watching us live right now, whether it's on Periscope, whether it's on Facebook, wherever it may be, listen, you know, get involved in the chat, guys. We want to hear about what you have to say, but kind of moving on here, you know. I know the last couple of weeks there's been a hell of a lot of um, – a hell of a lot of speculation about who are the Bears going to trade for as quarterback. And I'll tell you all this right now. I mean, look, they're in on Wentz, all right? They have been rumored to have been in on Derek Carr. But here's what I'll say, right, as I just burped up the uh, Wendy's that I ate earlier today. Go get a Dave's Double. And if anyone knows how to get us sponsored by Wendy's or even vitamin water, um, you know, hit us up in the DMs, all right, at barely underscore pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or whatever candy Sam is eating. You got Trolley. the same flavor I did. All right, trolleys, yeah. So what I'll say is this, right, is let's talk trade packages for quarterbacks. I'm not – I'll give up a first round. I will give up one first round pick for Derek Carr. Um, but I'm not giving up a first-round pick, right, for Carson Wentz at all. AJ, what do you think? Well, here's here's my thing, and I and I talked about to one of my best friends in the chat, Brandon McMahon, um, probably not listening to this. He's probably really busy, but when he is. But, you know, we were talking about it, and it's like we were just like saying that, like, if you were to give two or, two or maybe a defensive player to the Raiders – or Derek Carr, I think that would be like the worst trade that you can do in in eternity of this of this Bears franchise, right? Like if you give two first round picks to Oakland for Derek Carr, and you give like a mid grade defensive player, probably like named like I don't know, like 
like maybe like he's not mid grade, but he's slowly getting up to high grade defensive player, Jalen Johnson for Derek Carr. Like that's that would probably be one of the worst trades I would ever see in my life. Now, now if we get Derek Carr, this is the exact compensation I want to more than a second round pick. I think he could be had for a second round pick. You know, I think the Bears, just like last year. They need to actually be a lot more patient than they were last year. They need to corner these teams. Like, for example, I think Philadelphia is a team that you can corner and get the Carson services for less than a first-round pick. I don't think you have to play the first-round pick for any of these guys, you know? Unless if you're moving up in the draft, you should not be trading all that ammo, all that ammo to go and get a QB. I think that's what the Bears might end up doing. I think – you know, maybe Derek Carr and Carson Wentz, they're going to come back with an offer, Jeffrey Lurie and obviously John Gruden. They're going to come back and they're going to say, hey, we want one of your first rounders for, for, for this draft and stuff. Because, like, you know, they know from a franchise standpoint and from a player standpoint what Carson Wentz can do and what Derek Carr can do. So I don't think either of those quarterbacks are going to be had for less than a first round pick. Um, the Bears are going to have to give one up. But I, I'm against that, man. I mean, I want to keep that first-round pick and try to go get, like, a rookie QB and build around that rookie QB. Like, you know, I like. and then on top of that, if you do trade first-round first, uh, first round picks, aren't you mor- uh, mortgaging your future a little bit? Like, y- you are hurting yourself a little bit. What if, what, if, what if one of Carson Wentz or Derek Carr don't pan out? Like, you know, that's something that, like, we have to think about. You know, like, Derek Carr, for me, and I'm going a little bit too much into this. He doesn't move the needle for me. And if um, if Carson Wentz is 110% healthy, notice that I add the, added the extra 10%. Um, then I see him being an MVP caliber QB in Chicago. But like other than that, guys, I I just like the trade situations, the trade scenarios. They're both just way too high. They require a first round pick, uh, a a, a, a mid round pick, and a player for each. For each situation or for each um, for for each quarterback, so I mean, like I I don't know, man. Like I don't want to trade for Carson Wentz or Derek Carr because it's taking way too long. And when when it takes way too long, it just seems like the Bears have either like backed out of it or they're just like waiting for the right time. But like you know, keeping the fans into like a a waiting mode that's not actually a good thing to do. But they they don't care. I mean, it is their team, but. Whatever. I'll say this a couple of general statements about trading for a quarterback that I believe in, and, and then I'll, I'll give my thoughts on Carr and Wentz. Starting quarterbacks in the NFL are expensive. Um, it is the most important position in the NFL. Um, and, and I think the thing is, is that, you know, obviously you trade away your future capital. It, it hurts you, but you look at a team like the Rams, they just traded away pretty much in essence their next seven years of first round picks for a guy like Matthew Stafford. Stafford, but I don't know about Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. Right. No, I, I do see your point, but to to kind of what I was going to say, like, you know, Matthew Stafford, I think, is a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's elite, but he's a good quarterback, and in that Sean McVay system, I'm excited to see what he can do. If that doesn't go out well for them, their team is, is absolutely held back for the next 10 years, basically, this next decade. Ask them for a sponsorship. It's an always a no if you don't ask. Good point. Um, so to the point of trading with capital, if, if the bears truly believe that a guy like Wentz or Carr can get them to the next level, whether we agree with it or not, I don't mind them being aggressive. I, however, what I'll say about Carr is, is there any legitimate reports that he is any way available? And if so, would any other teams not be more interested than the bears? Like, like I, I don't, I obviously I might be behind on things, but like, I, Unless I've missed something, like I haven't seen much that the Raiders have even shown any interest in potential trade, and and even if he is available, like kind of to AJ's point, is it worth giving up so much for a Derek Carr? So then you go back to the Wentz thing, and and it seems like trade talks with the Eagles have started to fall apart. If there's trade talks at all, who knows what's going on inside House Hall? But you know, I think I saw a thing where it's like Wentz wants to go to the Colts, but it's like, well, if you want to get out of Philadelphia. I don't know how picky you can necessarily be in the situation. And I think the thing is too, is I think the Eagles are fumbling this in the situation. So to kind of both your guys' points, like waiting them out is a great thing because if it gets to post draft or draft time yeah. and the Eagles get desperate, 
Yeah. I'll take once for cheaper than ever. I mean, I, I don't love the idea of once in Chicago, but if the bears can underpay for once, like, you know, obviously if it ends up being like a second round pick, another second round pick, whatever, whatever the draft capital is, I'm not going to get into specifics there, but if the bears can avoid giving up a first for once, I'm not against that because you probably have at least two, three years of either a decent quarterback or if healthy, a pretty good quarterback. And, you know, I think the thing is too, is like at the end of the day, like quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks are expensive and, and, you know, there's not a lot of great free agent options. I'm not opposed to the bears getting aggressive in the draft, but you look at the quarterback situation with the two potential trade candidates Regardless of how good those quarterbacks are, they will be better than most quarterbacks in Chicago Bears history and will probably be around in Chicago for a couple of years. So you don't have to love Derek Carr. You don't have to love Carson Wentz. But at the end of the day, they're probably better than most of the quarterback production we've seen in the past at least five years. Maybe you could say the past decade, arguably. Um, but in terms of which one's more realistic, I think it's going to be once, but I don't see the Bears outbidding the Colts at this point strictly because I don't think I don't think it's worth it. I think the Colts are going to overpay here. Yeah, see, the Colts are such an interesting situation, right? And obviously, Windy City 0810 says pace moves in silence. See, that's the point I was going to bring up, right, is I feel like with as quiet as it's been, and let's keep something in mind, right? Is everything that's being leaked on the Wentz end as well as the car end? It's been the Vegas media. It's been, you know, the Philadelphia media, the Chicago media. I'm not even going to get into because, again, the Bears are just not going to disclose anything to the Chicago media. But the point is, is just like it's been, it's been crickets coming out of Hallis Hall as what it's been regarding the quarterback situation. And I went back through my inbox today and I looked at a lot of the end of season press conference quotes that I get just from being a credentialed writer at bear report. And, you know, one of the things they're writing for an accredited website at the bear report. And one of the big things to just keep in mind, right. Is that like pace said regarding Trubisky's like everything's on the table. Now that was a month ago and the mixture Trubisky ship, right. Has, totally sailed but i think yeah i think when we look at it right the reality of the situation is that because you're a team that's in win now mode you're need to go out and you need to get someone right because a rookie is not going to help you win now in 2021 all right a rookie is going to buy you time for 2022 and maybe even 2022 2023 but if you're trying to win now and you're trying to maximize this defense, then you need to get a Wentz or you need to get a car. Now I would say car is much safer compared to Wentz. Cause again, Wentz has been broken the last couple of years. Uh, I feel like Wentz is, you know, because he prefers to go to Indy and things of that nature. The only guy who can fix him is Frank Reich. But I would say regarding, you know, Derek Carr, I mean, let's keep something in mind is Matt Nagy is used to seeing Derek Carr up close, right? They, they were in Kansas. I mean, Nagy was in Kansas City, right? And I think it was like the quarterback's coach there when Carr was a rookie, right? And so Nagy's seen Carr up close enough to know what Carr is able to do, right? So ultimately, like, I think that the Nagy, the kind of Carr, that indirect connection right there, that's something that we're not talking about. I think that that's really going to influence what goes down here in terms of who gets traded where. But, like, like to, to, to add to your point, like, you know, to me, like, you know, if we look at Derek Carr this past this past season, right, he had that game against the the Chiefs, right? It was a, like, I mean, they won their first meeting 40 to 32. That's fine. And that was a shootout game. And, you know, like, all credit for uh, Derek Carr for that game. But then you look at the next game that they played on the 22nd of November, you know, that was a game where Derek Carr had control in and could have won by, like, more than 10 points at one point. You know, and like that, and like I, I understand the Chiefs are a juggernaut. Obviously, like in the Super Bowl, they're a national embarrassment in the Super Bowl. But you know, like like Brent said in the chat earlier, it was just only one of those two games because the Chiefs went fourteen and they lost that game. They lost the last game of the season when they rested their starters, of course. But you know, to me, like if you have that much control in a game, it's like you got to be able to win that Chiefs game. Like I don't even know how Oakland lost that game. I think it was you know. Um, Mahomes went down the field and they got a touchdown at the last seconds of the game. But, like, you know, Derek Carr, the drive before, it was a touchdown to Jason Witten in the corner of the end zone. Like, I think I had the under in that game. God knows why I got the under. But, um, but like, to me, like, 
I just think that like if the Bears are up thirty, if the Bears are down thirty-two to thirty-seven, and they need a touchdown with like a bucks thirty-six left, I don't think Derek Carr's your guy. Hell, I don't even think Carson Wentz is your guy in that situation because, like you mentioned, you said I think like you know with with Carson Wentz and stuff being broken, he obviously has those health issues. He obviously has those back issues. So, I, like, I don't know like how how much healthier he can get in his current position. But then on the other hand, Carr, who hasn't had like big injuries, like I would take Carr and just like Sam said earlier, that if we wait this out, we can we can give our second round or third round pick for one of these quarterbacks. We don't have to rush the situation because that w- that's what Philly and Oakland wants us to do. They want our first round picks this earlier in the season. And, you know, like. I would have given my first round picks for Stafford, and that's the only person that I would have given. I, I just can't give it to uh, give it for Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. You know, I mean, I would give you my I'll, I'll give you my mid round picks, but I'm not giving you my first. I want to use that first on an offensive lineman because if you if you go out and you trade your first round pick, guess what your second uh, second round pick is going to be? Oh well, it's not going to be like a wide receiver. It's not going to be. Uh, guys that are electric in college, wide receivers that we desperate, desperately need. And, you know, um, my boy Giovanni, Windy City, um, 0810, is saying Philly is slowly going to start panicking, and that's what they're going to do, man. It's just like, you know, it, it's going to come down to them panicking, and then they're just going to ship them off for, like, a future second-round pick. Mark my words, these two quarterbacks are not going to go for a first-round pick. Fat franchises are a hell of a lot smarter for this. You know, no one's going to take that $22 million contract for a first-round pick and then be like, okay, let's look at this contract after a COVID year and let's restructure it to put their future in more disparity. So, to me, like, it's not going to happen. I think the Bears are going to wait and then they're going to get their guy. You said I want you to mark that down that AJ said that because if he's right, he's going to sound like a genius. And if he's wrong, we can make fun of him. Yeah, dude, make um, fun of me all you want. <laughs> make fun of me all you want. Not now, not now. But if not you're now, wrong, not, if you're not wrong. Now, if not now, but if – if they do come with a first round pick, you can say whatever you want. But like if, if in July we're sitting after draft and we got our class, then the only thing that we need left is a quarterback and we trade a second round pick to a team that's desperate, done, man. Done deal. Give me Carson Wentz for a second round pick or Garrett Carr for a second round pick. I would ship that pick out completely, man. So you know, speaking of veteran speaking of veteran quarterbacks, we got an excellent uh question in the chat here. And this is my guy, Dan Hines. He's a big TikTok influencer. You got to go follow him. Me and him have 4.30 a.m. conversations all the time, specifically about fuck the Bears because this team just causes us so much pain and misery sometimes. I have a toxic relationship with this team, guys. I mean, we just got done with Valentine's Day. I'm sure AJ totally agrees with me, but Danny Dimes asks, what would you rather? What would you guys rather have, a vet or, or chance at a rookie over the next two years? Yo, honestly... Give me the rookie because with the rookie, you have time, right? With the veteran, though, I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, right? And everyone's getting fired and you're having to start over. Uh, Sam, what do you think about Danny Dimes' question? Uh, why not both? I, I think something we're not under, I think something that Bears fans need to consider here is, is if the Bears trade for, we'll say a Carson once, right? Maybe we give up a first round pick and something else. We give up whatever draft capital it is. There's no reason why the Bears can't draft a guy day two, day three. Now, if I have to pick one or the other, I'm taking the rookie because I'd rather see a young quarterback who hasn't proven himself yet than some veteran who could be washed out of the league after a year. And I also think at the end of the day, rookies are just cheaper. They just they don't cost as much to have a rookie on your team versus a veteran. Um, but again, I think teams. I think the thing is, it's like even if the Bears trade for a quarterback, right, or even if the Bears go sign a guy, and you know, like I don't know. I'll say Ryan Fitzpatrick for the sake of the conversation. I'm not saying he's going to come to the bears, but just for the sake of the conversation, the bears should still look to this draft class of quarterbacks and see if they can get somebody, even if it's a day three guy, even if it's a, we trade up for a guy, right? Like, you know, whatever the bears decide to do at quarterback, a rookie quarterback needs to be on this roster in 2021 because a, it gives your front office more time. Obviously, again, like if Pace is able to fall back on a rookie quarterback, which like Pace, hate Pace, it's a good move for him. Um, it keeps likely either Nagy's going to be able to keep his job because he says, well, I have a chance to develop this quarterback. But I think in ho- bottom line is if the veteran fails, if the season starts to tumble, if a guy gets hurt, wouldn't you rather just see somebody new than some guy who's been in the league? 
like I, I, I just think the thing is, it's like, and I'm, I'm filibustering here a little bit, but I think the thing is, is that a rookie quarterback, it's just, it's, a, it's a, again, I, I, this has been the theme of what everything I've been saying. It's just, it's a fresh of breath air in Chicago. Imagine a Trey Lance in a Bears uniform. Imagine a Justin Fields. Oh Even imagine Mac Jones. I'm not saying Mac Jones is as flashy as those other guys, but like, just imagine a guy like that stepping into the Bears field. Who knows? You might go get a Justin Herbert. Or you might get somebody, you know, who's not as good, but who can be a playmaker, who can be a contributor. And uh, Windy City 0810 said, I still want Mac Jones to this team. I've been on that train since November, December. There's a legitimate possibility that Mac Jones falls to 20. Maybe the Bears got to trade up a couple spots to get him, right? Even if the Bears make a move for a quarterback, I still want them to draft a and, – and D underscore Hines 713 says, so if we have a rookie, what's the upgrade position in free agency? Probably offensive line. Absolutely. Let's get it. It's one or the other. You got to flip it one way or the other. You're either drafting a quarterback, you're drafting an offensive yeah. lineman in the first round, depending on what you trade for. But See, think- I'm drafting both. I'm drafting both, but Sam, I oh, want to yeah. go ahead. Uh, I'll finish I wanna, my point. I mean, I'll finish my point. I'll finish my point. I've been talking way too long on this because I know you you got distracted. You got distracted. So I was trying to like keep the well, attention I was working here. The, the, oh, I was, you're working was the working. phone. No, I'm just saying. I just, I'm trying to keep <laughs> the focus here, but I'll finish my point. To answer this question, and then I'll let, I'll let AJ talk. I want the Bears to draft a quarterback regardless. But if I had to pick one or the other, I'd rather they go get a young quarterback because it's just somebody new and you never know what you're going to get, right? You need to take as many stabs at the quarterback position as possible. I'd rather take a stab at a young rookie who has everything to prove versus some veteran who might be out of the league in a year or two. So if I had to pick, I'm drafting the rookie quarterback. Trade up or stay at 20, try to get someone at 20, be aggressive, whatever it takes. But that's my last take on that. I'm moving on to the next person. I'm done talking for now. Vamanos. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so let me let me ask you guys this, right? Because I know Sam mentioned a moment ago he's like, oh, rookie quarterback in Chicago is a breath of fresh air. So let's say that do you – I mean, I'm curious to know, right? Because when Mitch got drafted, Mitch was the breath of fresh air that the Bears needed after just eight years of up and down with Cutler, right? But the reality of the situation, right – is that, yeah, if they can get someone with the sixth pick, 199th overall, then that probably is going to be Tom Brady. But let me ask you guys this, right? Do you guys think that this time around, knowing the way that Mitch Trubisky flamed out, a rookie quarterback would really be a breath of fresh air? Because for me, I'll I'll answer my own question first. It would depend on who the rookie is. If it's a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields, right, you have – Cam Newton light in Chicago and Justin Fields and then whoever Zach Wilson's drawing comparisons to. Right. But if it's cause we're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Right. But if it's Wilson or Fields, it's a breath of fresh air. If it's Trey Lance, I'm skeptical on because again, guy was out of football in 2020. All right. Went to a relatively smaller school. I mean, even Zach Wilson, dude, played against better competition than Trey Lance ever played against in college. Right. So AJ, I'll go to you. What do you think? Well, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a guy out there in Buffalo who played at Wyoming, you know, who had a really bad year, first year, and is a really good quarterback now. Um, and that's Josh Allen. And like, you know, I see that a lot in these two guys, like Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. You know, I see it a lot. You know, I saw, I saw Trey Lance's uh, freshman year, and he was just an electric man. Like the speed that he has when he's running with that football, his accuracy is dead on. And like he didn't throw a single pick his freshman year. I mean, yeah, it is North Dakota State, but that's where also Carson Wentz went. So are we really going to say that like, oh, uh, Trey Lance is not that good because you know he was a Bison and played in the um, FCS school? Like, no, I mean like you know Carson Wentz could play did play well in the year. He, he just had a lot of injuries. He had a ACL injury, a back injury, so uh, those catch up to you so i mean like you know for me man you you say like you know if if someone is for me to get me excited you know i it's gonna be justin fields for me you know i like you know i when i'm when when i watched him two years ago and i used to go to austin's house all the time for this like ohio state saturday is saturday saturday college game day and we're chilling and all the time, we're betting on Justin Fields to win the game for us, right? And he makes these sick throws, man. It's so – it's insane. It's like it, – it's like, 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 man, how did he fit that through in there? It's like – and then and then at that time, they had J.K. Dobbins. And, you know, J.K. Dobbins, you know, that run game was insane. It, it helped Justin Fields a lot. And, you know, I got to get my charger here. But 
you know, it helped it helped um, Justin Fields a lot. And, you know, now that J.K.'s gone, you know, you, you saw that weakness that um, that Master Teague was holding there um, as a starting running back. So, for me, man, I mean, you know, we saw Justin Fields do it as a sophomore, I think it was, or a freshman, a redshirt freshman, um, when we when we saw it a couple of years ago, then we saw it last year. Uh, I'm obviously, in that comes to being the semi uh, the semi the semi semifinal playoff uh, football playoff game. That was just a bad read by Olave, um, and then they got trounced on by I think it was Ohio State. I think it, I can't remember. Obviously, college football is really vague, but I, I mean, like if you have a chance to go out and get Cam Newton Light, which is Justin Fields, go get him, man. I mean, like don't. Don't play second fiddle with these veteran QBs because, like, look, I said this before in the pod. If it messes up, the Bears will be bad for, like, seven years. Ryan Pace is gone. Matt Nagy is gone. I don't know about Ted Phillips and George McCaskey because, like, either they're fucking or something's going on. Twenty-two fucking years where this guy is still the CFO and president of the team. Dude, like, it's just like I don't know what's going on, man. And like, you know, for me, like, like the end of Ted Phillips would have been when they fired um, Lovey Smith. That. I thought that, like, that day when they fired Lovey Smith, they were going to go into Ted's office and be like, you're done, you get out. And then they're going to bring in, like, a player-type CEO. But, like, ultimately, they didn't do that. Um, actually, yeah, I will tell you my um, my honest um, – my real thoughts on them. All right. And, and I'll, do it, I'll do it after um, you say it in um, Sam speak. But, like, you know, again, if don't play second fiddle with this core position. Don't be over smart. Don't be overconfident. Pick the person that's going to be able to take you to the next level and that you can build around over the next five years. And for me, that's one of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. If we're at 20 still, I wouldn't mind Mac Jones because, you know, Mac Jones, I think over time, could get his accuracy right and it would be really good for the Bears. That's all I got to say. I'm done. I mean, yo, the chat is requesting for you now to go ahead and talk to us all about your real thoughts regarding Bears Brass. So you got to, you know, let's let's hear it, AJ. Come on. Because I, I can tell by the look on Sam's face, right? He's here for it. All right. So, all right. So this is my honest thoughts on George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. Like, you know, this, this is a little skit that I created for like 30 seconds, all right? So, you know, George McCaskey's upstairs in the office, right? And Sam, you weren't here for this. So you're here for this now, so I'm going to be like, right, well, well, Ted, you know, you know, Jay Cutler's got that cap hit of $14.5 You know, if we save him, if we cut him, we save $12.5 Well, Ted, you may be right with that decision, you know? Breaking news: The Bears have uh, cut Jay Cutler from the uh, for, as a quarterback of the Chicago Bears, and we're all just like, "What the fuck, man!" You know that was the only quarterback, and then you know, obviously, a couple years later, well, you know, the Bears. I mean, like, do do you think that we should give our first round pick, George, for um for a Carson Wentz? Uh, Ted, I mean, you know, to be honest, I mean, we gotta collaborate more. We gotta got to bring Ryan into the office. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't got to bring Ryan to the office for anything. You know, he reports to me. So, I mean, like, if we do this trade, Ryan's our bitch. We could just tell him that, like, we got you, Carson, once. Now go go throw a cupcake at, go, go throw a cupcake at your door and boom, see if it sticks. If it doesn't stick, he's gone. Matt Nagy's gone and our jobs are saved. What do you think about that, George? Oh, my God, Ted. That's why my family hired you in 1984 as a team controller. Wow. 16 plus 21 years, 37 years running, and you are still good at your job. We hired you when you were this tall, and now you this tall. So good job, Ted. You're saving me and my mom a lot of money. I don't know if my dad, my dead dad, will come down from heaven and kick my ass because I think he would because this team is pretty garbage. <laughs> All right, so that was an excellent impression, right? I have to obviously go ahead and cut the whole thing up to drop tomorrow on social media, which, by the way, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at barely underscore pod. But, yo, let's talk the 20th overall draft pick, right? Because we're like 70-something days away from the draft. You know, we'll kick off free agency previews next week, things of that nature. But I think 
Dude, everyone at 20th overall is so focused, and I wrote on quarterback, right? And I wrote an article for DeWindy City, just part of fan-sided, you know. I wrote, listen, there are a couple prospects at 20th overall, like Tulsa's linebacker Xavier Collins, USC's Elijah Vera Tucker, um, you know, Rondell Moore's another one, uh, Kadarius Tony, even, just a couple of prospects that no one's really talking about, but... um. Who are some guys besides QB that you would absolutely love to have at 20th overall? Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I was I was going to wait till you were done, but so Allen Robinson just tweeted like 20 minutes ago, what? pop in with the crew Thursday on Clubhouse, catching up and my thoughts on dot, 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 the franchise tag. Then I subtweet it and say, fasten your seatbelts, Bears fans. And Allen Robinson just liked the tweet on my Twitter page. Yo, I, he's, gone. He's, gone. he's gone. Let me, yo, I actually got Clubhouse, right? Because it's, it's exclusive right now. Uh, shout out to Danny Dan for inviting me on there. But uh, I'll get AJ an invite too, right? Because Clubhouse is pretty interesting. Since yeah, you just this app where people are on like phone conversations and shit. And you can just like hear them talk about whatever. Um, But, you know, here's the thing, right? Uh, Let's talk draft, right? 20th overall, dude. Like, who besides QB are you guys drafting? Um, so I have two notes here for this. Um, my my guy that I actually would like at 20, I really like Samuel Cosme out of Texas. Um, I know he's a little bit undersized, but um, he's just – he's great in pass protection. He's so quick. Like, he makes up for that lack of size. And I think, you know, I think there's going to be a couple offensive linemen prospects that are going to get taken early. So I think if Cosme's there at 20, I think he's a great fit for the Bears at tackle. But another note that I put here is uh, best player available. So the reason why I put best player available, and I know that's kind of a lame answer, is because I think you never know what's going to happen with the Bears in free agency. We don't know what's going to happen next year, right? If, if everything goes down the gutter in 2021, you're going to be looking at a rebuild. And I think if there's if there's a guy at 20 that the Bears like that maybe he's in a different position but seems to be a long-term piece regardless, I'm okay with the Bears taking a guy not necessarily an offensive lineman in the first round. I'm okay with them not taking a quarterback in the first round. Um, if it's legitimately the best guy that's there at 20, I'd rather see an offensive lineman. If there's a quarterback that we can trade up for with 20, I'd rather see that. But I like Cosme there for a more specific answer, but a more general answer, um, best player available. And I'll go to one of you guys. Um, for me, it's got to be Christian Derisaw. If it if he drops to twenty, I think he's the best offensive line after Panay Sewell. We get Christian Derisaw, man. I'm jumping off my roof because in a good way. Because like you know, we got a legit tackle, man. Like you know, we haven't had someone like that. And like you know, if you look at Christian Derrissaw's tape, you know my boy on my other podcast, the Fantasy Odds Cast, uh, Jake Perry. You know he loves Christian Derrissaw, and I love him too, man. It, it, like from Virginia Tech, he's a wall on that left side. You know, obviously he could play left tackle, he can play right tackle, and like, I mean, he's just. I mean, if he's like he he could be that guy that could probably go top fifteen. But, like, it, for for any reason, like, you know, I'm looking at this latest mock draft on Walter Football. I think, like, you know, in the last couple of years, it's been really close to what Walter Football is doing. So, you know, like, there's a lot of guys like Quiddy Pay going uh, going higher than him. Um, uh, let's see who else is going higher than him. Jeremiah Wilson-Kamaroa, Notre Dame linebacker, my boy. Uh, Patrick Sertain's going ahead of him. So, I mean, like, if we can get a lucky, lucky role and we can get a guy like Christian Derrissaw, that's my person. Um, anybody but QB, O-line obviously, but more specifically, Christian Derisaw. You see, I really like Derisaw. I really like Rashawn Slater, and I've discussed these guys heavily on the Picks for Pace podcast, which, by the way, I'm recording tomorrow, dropping on Thursday or Friday morning. I love those guys, right? And that podcast is all about like Chicago Bears coverage, NFL draft coverage, right? But for me personally, the guy that I'm looking at at 20th overall, and I know a lot of... Bears fans are like, well, why the hell would you invest in a tight end, you know, that high after taking Cole Komet? Look, let's be real, right? Cole Komet is not the Travis Kelsey for this offense, right? Cole Komet showed tons of potential, but he's not a guy that I look at and I'm like. Cole Komet can be that tight end if 
if Matt Nagy can bring that offense. Like Cole Komet, like I think that he could be that 600 to 800 yard guy. That's all he you need. Like you need him just to put up like 800 yards and like six touchdowns. You don't need him to do anything else. You don't need him to put up Kelsey numbers. You just need him to uh, open up the run game and the pass game down the field. Like I don't know. I mean, like if you take Kylie Pitts, that's gonna be that's gonna piss me off a lot. Dude, if they get Pitts, because listen, I watched one game of Kyle Pitts. I think it was LSU versus Florida in 2019. And in my mind, my first takeaway was this guy's the best tight end in the nation right now. But a second guy that I think not a lot of Bears fans are talking about, right, is Penn State's Pat Freermuth. Look, I get the guy opted out of the 2020 season. But when I look at him, that's a true receiving tight end, right? Now you bring in Freermuth and you pair him up with Cole Komet. You're moving Freermuth all over the place because you can throw him on line of scrimmage. You can operate from the slot, right? He opens up Cole Komet's versatility too because Freermuth would actually allow Komet to just continue to be the blocking in the inline tight end, right? I mean, listen, Freermuth was just a very productive player in college 92 receptions for 100 or 1185 yards you know and about 13 yards per reception and that's the type of big play threat that the bears are lacking from the tight end position because i understand jimmy graham had like nine or ten touchdowns in 2020 right but that is because a lot of those targets came in the red zone right this is we need a true red zone threat and i think a guy like pat Freermouth would be able to provide that. Sam, uh, what are your thoughts? Don't sleep on my guy Noah Gray out of Duke. That's a late round gem. I think the Bears no, can find a tight end too. Iowa State, he's another guy. This is a good tight end class. I will say that much. There are a couple guys that I think. I mean, I think the thing is, is Pitts is Pitts is a phenomenal athlete. I think he's going to be a great playmaker forever he goes. I feel like he's going to be a Patriot. I feel like that's just like where he is destined for. But I feel like this is a great tight end class. I do want to talk about guys that we should avoid at 20, though, now. Um, I don't know if you want me to go first or not, but uh, I I have one guy in particular. Since Sam said something about the best player available, if Greg Newsom is available to you guys draft. Thoughts on Greg Newsom? He's the, he's a corner from Northwestern. I like. I, I mean, I don't think he's the guy you take at 20, but I like uh, I liked that, that kid. Yeah. He played hard. That kid played good. My buddy's a Northwestern fan, and uh, – uh, I like Newsom. I don't think you should take him at twenty, but the kid played hard. He was one of the best corners in in that. I, thought, I mean, he's definitely the best I'll defense player on the team. Horn over him, JC Horn, I think, is up there with the best corners in the. In the in See, I'm not. T- I'm not taking a cornerback at twentieth overall, no, just because again, we inv- dude, we invested one in Jalen Johnson like last yeah. year, right? And I, and, for and the he, record, he, right? Yeah, and he and he's turned out, and he's panning out to be a first round talent too so i mean like you know I, I i like i like greg newsom but like i don't know if it's going to be at 20 bro it's just you know there's a lot of needs outside of defense i mean we're already spending 70 percent of our cap on this defense it's time to balance that out yeah um but you know for me right someone i'm avoiding dude at 20th overall and that's an excellent question i would honestly dude Go ahead and say, um, you know, I'm avoiding a guy like Alex Leatherwood. I feel like with as deep of an offensive line class as it is, I would want Alex Leatherwood. But if he's there in the second round, like, give me Alex Leatherwood. Just don't give me Alabama OT Alex Leatherwood as a first-round pick. You know, I mean, Leatherwood's solid. He's going to be a very good under-the-radar starter at the next level. But not really a guy that you draft that 20th overall because when you are drafting in that first round, like you're trying to find franchise cornerstones, no matter if you're picking at one or 32 overall. Um, My guy I want to avoid. And I, I do agree with that take. You said I, I do like Leatherwood, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense to take him 20. It feels like a reach. Kyle Trask. I don't want the bears sniffing at Kyle Trask unless it's day three. Um, and I'm not trying to hate on Trask because I do think there are some good qualities for him, but I just he just spells disaster if the Bears take him at 20. And there's a lot about his game I don't like. Um, and again, if he's a guy who's there day three and you take him as a project guy, sure, no worries there. If you trade for a quarterback and you want to take Trask late, yeah, that's fine. But I see a lot of people saying, and I know earlier on this was a lot of people were speculating like, oh, maybe the Bears will take a Kyle Trask, like, you know, Maybe they'll take him at 20 and stuff. And I was just like, get the heck out of here, dude. Trask is not a first-round guy. I, 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 I mean, he's just – I just don't think he's a, a first-round pick, let alone a 
day one, day two guy. I think maybe he's day three at best. You see, I do not want Kyle Trask. I know I wrote an article about him back when he burst onto the scene in like September when only the SEC was playing. I was like, oh, could Kyle Trask be an option? I don't want Kyle Trask because the guy's just limited from an athleticism standpoint. Yes. Right? And then on top of that, that factors into his football game so much. And we will get a lot of the quarterbacks in this league, right? They are you know, really good athletes. And then they're really smart football players as well. Like those are some of the, those are two of the most basic things you need to be a good quarterback at the NFL level. And then you have to be mentally smart or mentally sharp as well. Right. Just don't be Mr. Trubisky. But the point is, is that, um, you know, Trask is a guy that it's like, okay, maybe a third, like, like a third is still a reach for Trask, but like, fifth sixth seventh round if he falls there like sure let's pull the trigger on him but he's not necessarily the type of player that you're going to win games with in this league right and he's not the type of guy that you're going to win games because of either he's essentially what it is right is you're asking him to like get out there and you're basically going to tell trask hey don't win me the game, but don't lose me the game either. And I think don't lose me the game is the more important thing and you know if the bears go with trask right in the first round one, I will be super pissed off. Number two, AJ and I are going to be on Zoom just yelling and screaming at each other. Um, if we take Trask, I'm throwing my MacBook out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if, if, dude, dude, what we should do, we should do the first round live stream, dude. All the all the reactions, like a two-hour show, just chill. And just like when uh, when Roger Goodell comes at the commissioner, uh, the, the stand, he's going to be like, the Bears pick Kyle Trump. I'm going to pick this up and just go like, and I'm just gonna. I don't know, man. If if we take Kyle, <laughs> man, dude, I have big questions of this front office now. Ownership, I already do, but then the front office, I'm just gonna be like, wow, bro, wow. Now you're really nagging under the bus now. At that, point. I remember I made a I made a picture, I made a meme of something where uh, during Trask's bowl game, where I think he threw like three picks or something. Yeah, and it was the Glee meme, and I added it so it said. I'm going to overdraft you so high. And it said Ryan Pace after watching Kyle Trask's pull game. And listen, man, he could be a nice little project player and a backup in this league for a while, maybe at best. And who knows, maybe he proves it's wrong. But if the Bears take him at 20, I'm going to be scratching my head. I'd love to see AJ play games in his, in ra- in, in his rage quits. Yeah, bro. Yeah, me too. I would love to see that for myself too. You see, I here's the thing, right? I still want Chicago to invest in like a project. Even if we take QB in the first round, I still want them to invest in a project QB because there's a couple like Jamie Newman from Wake Forest that we've discussed in the past, right? Even Ian Book. And I think Ian Book being a Notre Dame product, I think a lot of Bears fans are like, oh, well, you know, you're a Bears fan, which means you're automatically a Notre Dame fan, right? Which is not necessarily true. Now, I will actually go ahead. I will take Ian Book because Ian Book had some really good off script plays throughout his time at Notre Dame. Right. And AJ can attest to this more than I can. Yeah. Eichenberg's a good pick at 20th overall, but I think you'll be there in the second round just because of the run on receivers and offensive tackles. I have a mock draft discussing Eichenberg coming out later this week, right? It's going to be an audio one, but the point is, is that give me a guy like Ian book as well. If we're talking developmental quarterbacks now, as far as prospects to avoid, right? Just do not give me Leatherwood. Do not give me Trask either. But I think another guy to really keep in mind, right? And I just, I do not know why, dude, the bears are going to do this, right? Just please do not invest in another edge rusher. Because like Jalen Phillips or Gregory Russo or Quincy Roche, right? Especially in the first round, because that's just another luxury pick. But if you draft someone like Tulsa linebacker Xavier Collins or Zavin Collins, you know what? I will take him any day of the week because like Danny Trevathan's getting older and he's probably not going to be here after 2021. So you need to get Trevathan's replacement. Now I know the other side of the argument is, Oh, why the hell would you take a linebacker in round one? It's a luxury pick. I agree. Collins is still getting better though. And he's going to form a really good one, two inside duo with Roquan Smith. If he's here, but then at the same time, there's a couple guys on day two and three, like Baron Brown and Gray and tough Borland, both from Ohio state that I think could make ideal fits. I like Monty Rice too out of Georgia. I think he's a guy you might be able to get in the third or fourth round. Um, another quarterback project quarterback I wanted to just toss in there um, that I think the Bears should kind of take a look at is uh, I think his name's Kellen Mond. I think I'm saying his name right from AM. Platt had a really good senior bowl. I think his production in the senior bowl is really nice. 
Um, I think that's a guy that Bears should definitely take a look at. Maybe if he's available sixth and seventh, I wouldn't mind him coming on either. I'm a little biased because I got a brother who went to Texas A&M, but uh, I, I like Mond a lot. Yo, Kellen Mond wouldn't be bad. He was actually one of the guys who apparently played like absolutely trash in uh, Mobile, right? And I see obviously Allen Robinson's. You know, your tweet about <laughs> Allen Robinson's all over the place. I'm gonna have oh, to tune man. into that clubhouse, right? Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's it's. That see the twentieth overall pick certainly interesting because like the Bears can certainly go ahead and make the best move ever. Yeah, I agree. I like Jamie Newman too out of Wake Forest, but the Bears could definitely make like the greatest, make the twentieth overall pick the best thing ever, or they could make it the absolute worst thing mm-hmm. on the planet, right? But you know, it's still exciting to have a first round pick after not having a first round pick for basically two consecutive seasons. Yo, what if the Bears did this? What if they did this? They got their quarterback right. Or whatever at twenty. And how would you feel if they got Dylan Moses in the second round from Alabama? Dude, I totally forgot about Dylan Moses. But yes, please. I mean, Dylan Moses in my twenty twenty NFL draft rankings was I think linebacker two, right? Yeah. Um, before he, he went back issues. to school, he, he has yeah, because he tore his ACL. Yeah, yeah, some tackling ability and all that. Like some instincts weren't as were as average at best. I mean, like you know, he's no CJ Mosley, but like I think if fully healthy he could be someone like that he could be like joe and joe and joe and johnson type guy i mean baron browning is another guy that i like you know if if we're going a little bit lower he's the uh starting linebacker at uh ohio state alongside with tough Borland. so i think tough Borland plays there yeah he does chris Borland played there too so um yeah so i mean like you know baron browning would be good i mean like tough Borland was over there at the senior bowl i mean like he's a good danny trevathan replacement but like you know uh, my boy Giovanni, Winnie City zero eight one ten said like Jamie Newman. I mean, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at Kellen Mond. I mean, we got it. We got to be able to get the, get our right guy. We got to be able to get our guys. So I mean, you know, that's that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, so it's gonna be a fun next couple months. But we've hit that one hour mark, guys. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks to all you guys that are listening. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you go ahead and get your podcasts. You know, remember, we live stream every Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we're on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, right? So thanks for all you guys that are tuning into the live stream. But you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Usaid Coach. You can follow Sam on Twitter at SJSteve9. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJDesai4. We appreciate the love from all of you guys in the chat. We're going to get out of here, guys, simply because I'm super tired. AJ's tired. Sam, I can just tell, looks super exhausted, but he's really fired up to be back. And then follow the podcast account on um, social media, guys, at Barely underscore pod. Drop a five-star rating on iTunes as well you know we've got like 15 or 16 five star ratings but just keep the love coming because a lot of awesome guests are going to be on sometime over the next few weeks but peace out guys we are going to get out of here it's been fun uh talking to you guys this week bear down baby